Oh, bro, did I just break my window? Okay, man. Go on. All right, stop. <laughs> what, what's up, guys? Jordan. Today we're starting my new podcast, the ultimate, the ultimate, the undergraduate survival guide. And the whole point of this is to go through talking to interviewing different students about their experience at university. Today, I should have prepared you for this. Actually, I'm going to gas you up for this intro. But <laughs> today, I'm, I've got my friend Doobie here, and the reason why I got Doobie first is because this is the guy oh, I look no. up to the most. He's oh, get out! <laughs> <laughs> he started SFW at uni, like a social enterprise is doing really well he was a president of acs he's probably the only guy i know that's gone through leading so much stuff as well as uni as well as like typical life issues and still comes out the other side smiling so that's that's your intro man how do you feel hey (laughs) (laughs) you like to exaggerate but you know i'll take it and be happy hey guys um happy to be here happy to be here university's been a very interesting mad journey so happy to be able to talk to some guys about the experience love that man love that uh the whole point of this i kind of talked on it with you in the past as well but i mostly just want to talk about how you experience uni as a whole and like what i guess it's different now because you're basically graduating but looking back at your time so far and how you know how it's kind of changed you as a person so i want to start by talking Talking about like how you are from prime from private school, sorry, and obviously being a black student, I suppose it's typical. The stereotype is that black students are poorer, we come from like public school or lesser, uh, more disadvantaged backgrounds. So what was that like for you coming into the black community? As uh, I suppose early in the early days, at least seen as someone who's um, not fully part of the community. If that makes sense. Do you mean coming into university or when I was in secondary school? Yeah, so like coming into uni, because I remember even myself when I when I first heard you from private school, I was like, oh, so is he really one of us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa! <laughs> hey, now you're rich, you know. Okay, so it's a thing of my ex. I, I call it my experience. My experience, um, kind of as a black individual. It's funny. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. I'd say it shifted when I came to university. What? I won't say it shifted dramatically. So basically, I went to a private school, Northwest London. Um, I won't reveal the name of the school, but it was up there in Northwest <laughs> London somewhere. Um, and it was a thing of there were other, because it was Northwest London, there were other people of colour that were at the school that were from kind of similar backgrounds, a similar background as me. And when I say similar background as me, I mean in terms of culture, background, family values, things like that. Um, And the way my school worked, there was the small group of ethnic minority people that shared that commonality. And then there was everybody else. And we were, at least in terms of my year, you could count the number of us on on your hands. And then, like I said, there was everybody else. So from the from the from very early on in my time in secondary school, they kind of almost we did it, they did it, whoever kind of almost grouped us together as a group, um, mm-hmm. and we kind of then shared that commonality of oh these these other guys don't know, not don't necessarily know what they're talking about when they're making X Y and Z comment about race and about this and about that. Um, and we kind of just shared common, common things. We liked the same kind of music. We liked this, we liked that, all that kind of thing. So 
going into university for me, I was going into university from the perspective of I get to no longer be one of the others and I get to just be me because I'll be completely surrounded by the black community as a whole and, and you know, ethnic minority community as a whole, whatever, 24-7. Um, but then when I came into uni, that's when kind of certain differences, certain aspects became, I guess, very, very obvious. So in secondary school, I kind of went from being one of the... In secondary school, when you would look at most of the guys around, um, you would see guys that like, oh, their father was the this, 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 this of this country or owned this, 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 this. And so all these guys mm-hmm. would be coming and would be talking about, oh, my dad's going to get me a job in X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm going to this university and once I finish, I've already got this thing lined up. And so for some of them, there was that level of, there was a level of, Entitlement or and a level of unseriousness, yeah, that stemmed from the nepotism that they were receiving. And then for my personal group, that wasn't the case. We always, like, although our parents, you know, have done well, we thank God, they instilled in all of us from very, very early that no, you're not, you're working and you're gonna, (laughs) (laughs) Johnny, you are what? (laughs) You know know what I mean? No handouts for us. Do you know what I'm saying? But then coming to university, it made me realize that despite the fact that I didn't have that sense of entitlement was not necessarily instilled in me the same way or and at any way the same level or whatever, there were still certain aspects to the culture that people I would commonly associate myself would go through that I had never been exposed to. So I'll give you, I'll give you like an example, I guess. So coming into mm. university, I was, I was thinking, I, there were certain things that I, there were certain comments, certain things that I would discuss with my friends before, um, before Bristol that just wouldn't be an issue. Like, um, oh man, some of these things are going to sound a bit loud. So um, we would discuss, <laughs> commonly discuss things like, oh, you know, what's your first car going to be? Da-da-da-da-da, BMW, this, that, 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 that. Oh, you know, no cars come in until after graduation, blah, blah, blah. Just things like that. But then mm. I'd come to university and the conversation, the conversations wouldn't be about that. The conversations would be slightly different. And then so whenever I'd bring up a topic like that, a topic that to me sounded completely normal, I'll put it this way. In the first two, three months, a lot of these ethnic minority kids were labeling me as Juby the rich kid. And it's like... <laughs> And I was confused. Yeah, me included. I was, like, I was, I hated it. And I tried to kick it, but I would keep saying things un- unintentionally that would give me that label. And it was like, what? It, it was just, it was just so confusing. And so over time, it kind of, I'm happy because it kind of fueled me to a number of the things that I'm now doing in terms of my, I guess, professional development. But at mm. the time, it kind of, made me be like, rah, I was a part of a small minority in my secondary school. Granted, this minority had commonalities amongst us, but in terms of the overall school, I was a minority. And that was very big. And I'm coming to university, and although I'm now relating to all the people that that I surround myself with, I'm still that minority 
but in a different kind of way. And mm. it was just like, I don't want to say two, two, two extremes of the situation, but that's what it felt like. And it was almost like, a, oh, here we go again, but I've got to do this differently kind of thing, um, which was kind of long. But on, on one hand, I'd say it was kind of long because it was like, it, it made me realise that university, you know, no matter where you go, you're going to have differences with whoever you come across. But then yeah. also on the other hand, it it was definitely an educational experience and a humbling experience that I didn't realise that I needed. Um, and that's what university will do to you. And very early months will be brought towards situations that you're, you didn't know existed in your, in your secondary school bubble one way or another. And <laughs> that bubble is going to pop quickly and then you're in the university bubble and then that's another story. But... But yeah, so I think I think that was the main thing for me. Just not realizing that I was behaving a certain way and thinking that I was oh, you know, the hard working coming then to university and being and seeing oh, right, I actually had certain privileges that I didn't even clock. I had cool. I what do you do from here? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for um, sure. But yeah, I'd say that that was it for me. Mm. It's interesting because, like, I mean, obviously, I don't think I didn't really have a change in class coming to uni. Mm. Even when I'm talking to more people, like a lot of the a lot of the ethnic minorities in my friendship group are, I don't want to say whitewash because it's a terrible word, but they're second generation. Like the parents are born here. Yeah, and then coming to uni and seeing people whose parents were born uh, like in uh, Nigeria or Ghana or whatever, it's weird to see like. Even me myself, I'm kind of like I, I didn't really feel fully integrated into in the, into the community in that same way. Obviously, it's different because yeah. class and race are very different issues. What you mean but specifically with the international students? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, even was you, so, as an example, you're so you're very yeah. outwardly Nigerian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're a funny person, and yes, I am. I'm proud. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I feel like I had a lot of culture to learn coming into uni, and that's a weird thing to to say because obviously West London is a very diverse area. But it's like, oh, yeah. I'm not actually as uh, obviously cultured as I thought. Mm. I feel like that's the thing, and it's a thing of like you like you said, you didn't realize it until you came to uni. But it was when I came to university, I thought it was gonna because obviously when I was coming to university, one thing that a couple of people told me before I came to university was, or one person in particular told me was. Join ACS. When you get in, just join ACS. Don't ask questions. Don't look around. Just join ACS. For those who don't know, ACS is the African and Caribbean Society. So in university, you have like a bunch of different societies for different things. African Caribbean Society is one type of cultural society you have, which basically just means black people and people from Africa, and that's it, um, basically. And then when you came, when I came to ACS, I thought it was going to be okay, cool everyone's everyone's black everyone's this everyone's that there's going to be no differences da, 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 da. but the yeah. international students broke off from like day one <laughs> like <laughs> as we were walking out of the meet and greet the internationals already had formed their own clique the international students already had their own clique and it was like raw. i didn't realize that we were so different but you guys saw it instantly mad okay literally yeah man it's nuts. That's a good transition still, because I was going to ask you about ACS as well. Like, I always thought, <laughs> as soon as the election period came around, 
I was like, this guy is born for ACS presidency. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember us doing all nighters. Oh, <laughs> on campaign. Hey, hey, if you ever need a campaign manager for anything, Jordan, wow. <laughs> Jordan will have your back from day. Mad, mad. It's hard to say that from a losing position, though. True. <laughs> but you won, you won the ACS presidency yeah, we'll, we'll put my we'll, we'll side. For... There we go. <laughs> the history books. But like, how did you find, because I mean, looking back, you did bits in that year. Like, for those who don't know, ACS before was called ACA, the Afro-Caribbean Association, I believe. Associate, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and that was weird because basically every other uni had ACS apart from ours. And then within like 12 minutes of you coming and you're like, nope, we're, we're taking this back. Hey, no, no, no. <laughs> Let me not even take credit for that because I feel like every president, every ACS president before me, Probably went forward to be like okay. So basically, for those that don't know, the 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 Asian society in our university had the name beforehand, and they called mm. themselves Asian Cultural Society. Explain to me why they need a cultural, but it's okay. So they had Asian <laughs> Cultural Society, and then every almost every single year, I'm sure because I know the year before me did it. They yeah. tried to ask the president, "Oh, give us the name, give us the name, give us the name." So me too, I went to be like, "Give us the name." It just so happened that in my year. The Asian Culture Society president was already on changing the name. So I was like, cool, we get the name for free. I didn't even need to put in effort. I just had to say, give me the name, and she was already going to do it. So it was more of like a happy coincidence than a doobie collecting it. But I take the win anyway, because I have to be my year. Yeah, that's the way it's got to be, man. You got to take the dubbies when they come. Absolutely. <laughs> How was that year like? Because to be fair, the way I see it is as well as running ACS. Like you, you bodied your work as well that year. At least, at least from my perspective. And as even like uni work or what? Uni work, yeah, yeah. And then even uh-huh. this year, I would say, and parts of last year, you've been bodying SFW. I remember you were in like France halfway through exam period or something last year, <laughs> running the competition. <laughs> like, how do you balance with this stuff? Balancing, ah, oh, man. Do you know? I don't even. I wouldn't even say I balance things. I think I just prioritize things differently and I find a way to finesse it and make it work, to be honest. <laughs> like, so with ACS, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, with ACS, with ACS, ACS was second year and from, from day one ACS, I was like, cool. To be honest, I enjoy ACS more than I enjoy my degree. So I'll just be doing ACS for the most part. We can take a back seat and I'll do it where I can but mm. so I was doing that doing that doing that thinking eh I'm pretty smart I can just catch up 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 I was doing ACS doing ACS come second term I clocked oh I actually can't do this this actually doesn't work okay cool but by that time I had already decided to go on a year abroad and mm. the year abroad like for the next year and the year abroad took away 10% of my degree in second year so it was a case of like even if I bought not not botched because I didn't botch it but even if second year didn't go perfectly as long as I got what I needed to get to go on to the year abroad I could make it up in the year abroad year and the year afterwards and this was not I'm talking as if I had this plan made perfectly this plan kind of was part was not it fell into my lap. It was partially constructed and it mostly fell into my lap by a complete chance. 
<laughs> by God, I'm happy. <laughs> but I'd say it's kind of just prioritization at different times. So with the year abroad, it was it was easier because obviously year abroad is year abroad. You're not taking a degree that seriously. You're out there chilling, and you're gonna get you're gonna get a good grade because the exams aren't that deep. So I was able to kind of do more time with FFW, and then with second year, it was kind of just prioritizing ATS where I can. So I think in each stage where I've had to do this kind of prioritization thing, it's been a case where I've been like, okay, cool. What task can I do immediately that I will get the most out of? So in second year, that was ACS. In third year, that was SFW. This year, that's a combination, has, has been a combination of SFW and my degree. And then when I've decided that, it's kind of just been like, okay, cool. But I still have this other thing to get done in second year, in third year, that was the degree. This year, the degree is obviously taken priority because this year it counts for 60%. So, <laughs> yep, <laughs> but then yep, it's just been yep. like, how, what, what calculating, okay, cool. Then what do I need to do to be able to fill in the rest of the gaps and, and make the rest of it work? So I think it's not necessarily been a day by day time management thing, but it's been like a seeing, seeing the bigger picture of each situation I'm in and almost being, prepared to take an L in some areas in order to get a W long term. Um, I don't recommend anybody risking their degree at any point, at any shape, point in time. But I think the key thing to take from this is just prioritization at different times. Like, for example, for a university student, your degree, like, I'm saying this from a, not from a perspective of going party data day by day, but if you're like <laughs> trying, to, trying to seriously do something that you feel will create an impact like I was trying to do in second year and third year. If there's genuinely mm. something that you feel like your heart is drawn to and you're being called to it or whatever, do take a look at your degree from a, from a, from a degree perspective and not necessarily a year-by-year -year perspective. For example, for first year, first year doesn't count, but you need to know how to study in first year. Boom. Second year, second year, if it counts a lot for you, well, then you better focus. For me, I had the safety net of the year abroad, but I was still able to find it, that time of balance and balance it out through prioritization. So I don't know. I think it's just making sure you're seeing the bigger picture and not just panicking on a test by test, day by day perspective. Basically. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Man, I don't know if that was good advice or not, but it's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear that. I think, like, I remember now as well, you, you mentioned it. Like, I remember at the time you were talking, saying you literally only needed to get, what, 60%, I think it was, or 50% to do a year it abroad? Was 50%, 50% for the year abroad. Mm. And I guess once you know, like, once you know where, where the, uh, the line is, there's no need to go above and beyond. I mean, you always should try and do as, hard, as good as you can. 100%. But if you only need to do this much and you want to do all these other things, it makes sense to just, you know, scrape through and the one thing that's slightly less important and then give your all to the things you're actually passionate about. Yeah. I feel like for me, not necessarily like look if like if I look at the situation right now and how things have worked out again, I just have to stress the fact that not all of this was planned. A lot of this fell into my lap. I thank God. But if I look back and I'm and I just look at second year, I look at third year. I'm just like, although my second year grade was not great, my third year was amazing. My fourth year, my grades have been great because my prioritization has been different and my modules have been different and have worked out and I can't remember where I was going with this, but yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, mad.
Nah, I know what you mean though. How would you say like? Because I, I want to talk a bit about your faith as well. Because I know you're a strong religious guy. But I want to talk a bit about personal development as well and how you've kind of developed from all the madness you went through in second, second and third year up yeah, until yeah. now. Because obviously, as a graduate, we're pending. Yeah, great. Soon come. Mm, so, like, how would you say, in the most obvious terms at least, have you developed as a person in terms of, I guess, entrepreneurial skills, like employability and just as a person? Man, I think if you ask anybody that went to the University of Bristol, probably, uh, let, me, let me be more specific. If you ask anybody in the BME community that went to the University of Bristol, <laughs> the one thing that they'll probably tell you about, the, the best accomplishment that they'll probably tell you they had about the, in the University of Bristol is that they got out the other side. <laughs> yeah, just being completely factual, and it's and although you know people will say this and that, this and that, this and that. I think one thing I'll say about Bristol, I don't know about other universities, but one thing about Bristol is there are a lot of challenges that a lot of us have faced over our time at university. Some things have been peak, but in everything, at the end of it, it has made each of us so much stronger. Like, so mm. I'll give you, for me, I think second year was a big, oh man, second year was big, man. I think second year for me, it was a thing, there were like, there was a personal aspect, there was a, like, way I work kind of aspect, and then there was a whole nother, a whole nother aspect. But in terms of the personal aspect for me, I think, basically, coming to university, I'm someone that, I like people, I'm a people person. And when I came to university, I was looking to be a people person and continue the way I am. But there was yeah. a level of immaturity there that I realized a lot of my friends around me didn't have. And that kind of affected the way I was forming relationships with people. I can't lie, at times I was a bit fake with certain people. And just, it kind of led me to a point in second year where I was looking around at, at the people I was talking to. And in second year, if you ask someone, oh, do you know Juby? They'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, that ACS present guy. Da, 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 da. But if you sit down and ask me, oh, okay, you're bored, who are you going to call? I'll really be scratching my head thinking, rah, like, who, who can I actually call in this state of order? And mm. for me, that was a thing of going through second year and feeling that, like, feeling almost alone at certain points in second year. And then obviously moving into third year, it enabled me to just sit down and evaluate the way that I conducted myself around people, the way I tried to make friends, the way I was, and then kind of just break certain fakenesses and certain things that I didn't like that I was doing down and move forward with that. And I think that was a real personal thing for me. And so then going into third year, third year then became really, really useful when I went on a year abroad because it allowed me to just kind of not talk to people and have an excuse of oh I'm actually far away so I don't need to do you know what I mean like, yeah yeah just and then just naturally I was able to be like okay cool who am I actually friends with who actually calls me who do I actually call what's real what's fake and then just drop all the fakeness and just be me um and I think third year going from second year to third year third year being away from Bristol being away from everything it was just really a time of just enabling me to be me and realizing like who I am who I want to be and certain attributes about me so then coming back into fourth year 
Like, fourth year, I entered fourth year, and I didn't even care. I was like, I will be me. If you don't like it, if you don't like that, I'm loud. If you don't like that, I'll see you, and I'll just shout at you and hug you. We don't need to be friends. It's okay. <laughs> I don't need to pretend for this person or that person. I don't need to go in here and pretend like the words you're saying I'm not finding offensive. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to... There's no need to pretend and try and force myself on people, have them force themselves on me, blah, 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 all that kind of thing. Like, in going from second year to third year to fourth year, that was a huge transition for me. Just like learning to be comfortable in my own skin, learning to not encourage fake friendships around me and just learning to basically be real. So I think that was the personal aspect that kind of went through it. Um, in time, Obviously, we've already gone over the work, the time management, all that kind of thing. But then also... I don't know, man. I feel like, I think the loneliness bit of it, of second year, kind of, and a lot of people that go to university, especially Bristol, will tell you this. There was a point in second year where I just wasn't happy, I think. Um, Mm. And I feel like when you're in university, and for me, just a little bit more insight, when I was in second year, I I was basically living on my own. So I was in a, in fact, I wasn't living on my own. I was in a studio apartment inside a place and I knew one or two other guys living there. But where their rooms were were so far from me. One of the guys was always in London. So like, I didn't really interact with them that much. And, I, and so then that meant like most of the time was second year, if I was in my room, I was really just on my ones. So like, there were parts of second year where I was just like sad in my room, just chilling, sitting down. But, and and in university, when you go through that, it's a little bit different because I guess you're more mature and you're more realised of your own emotions than going through anything like that beforehand. Mm. And so that was a growth period for me because it was a case of just being like, I hate this emotion. What am I going to do about it? Boom, let's go. And it was it was kind of just day by day realising what's making me unhappy, what am I not liking, what's going on, like, let's evaluate this rather than just sitting in and being sad for the, for the sake of it and just, and just not doing anything about it, so, like, part of that is why, so Jordan Captain was about SFW, part of that is, is why SFW actually came about, because whenever anyone asks me, oh, how did you do SFW, we'll talk about SFW later on, probably, but that mm. kind of came about through procrastination and just frustration like I was sitting there procrastinating frustrating hating my degree just being angry because of my degree and then there was this like best friend quiz that I was going about and one of the questions that you ask your friend is what's what's what would be your dream job if money wasn't an option and mine was oh like youth mentorship and helping out young people like with their professional thing and I was like okay cool let's do this I'm tired and they just started doing it so like Mad. Small, small things like that from a place of, from like, a, from sitting in a negative place and being able to be productive like that, that was kind of also something that built and got a bit stronger in me through second year. And then now going into third year, fourth year, well, here I am. But I think that's kind of where the development happened. So, like, on a friendship level, like, learning how to be more, um, I guess, resourceful, better with my time, that kind of thing. And then just learning how to deal with myself in sad periods. Then I turn around and look at today and everything that's going on in the world and how I'm handling it. I'm thinking, well, that kind of lesson went out the window. But at the time, 
something that kind of um, that developed over over second year to third year to fourth year. I think definitely. Mm. Mad man. What, what about you, man? How was second year to third year to fourth year for you? Sam, for me, like I was going to talk about that as well, like because you mentioned now second year, you felt lonely a lot of the time. I feel like even me, second year, I was living with eight other or well, seven other guys, and yeah, half yeah, the time I was sitting there, like, bro. <laughs> Cool shit was with the plug back then still it was a spot <laughs> but even me like having seven other guys that are all very similar to each other or enjoy going out or going or enjoy going gym together or go, or go ass together me being that one guy in the flat like oh, i don't really want to go sws today i don't really want to go library today like yeah. it's nuts because these guys were literally two footsteps away in the next door but even then i still felt very reserved like i couldn't really interact with them yeah and i feel like yeah exactly and it's interesting you saying how like SFW literally came out of boredom because I feel like literally everything I do now from like YouTube to starting this podcast will come to me sitting in my room being like, what do I really want to do out of life? Like I'm not, yeah. instead of sitting here doing nothing, let me do something that I actually want to do that I will do for free happily. And then yeah. 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 all the best ideas come out of that. 100%. 100%. It's not though because like, even though looking back now, I'm kind of like somewhat grateful that I went through like hard times. I'm also not like, <laughs> like love is not fun. <laughs> Staring at a wall is not fun. like mental health is something that I feel like I didn't take seriously until guy set guy. until last year. To be fair, take that seriously. Because <laughs> I, I remember when before you left for your year abroad, you're like you're like make sure you talk to someone next year. Cause I'm not going to be here, and I'm like no, nah, I'll be calm. I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And then like two weeks into third year, I'm like, well, damn, like <laughs> there's nobody here. It's man, like I don't, I don't even realize that being lonely was a real thing until uni, and that that's probably the, as far as mental health goes, it's probably been the most challenging part for, like, just growth in general, just life. Hundred percent. But I feel like I don't want to say it's good to go through that, like, but especially at uni. But it's almost, it's good that it gives you an opportunity to learn how to handle it and to get to the point of realising that, you know, there's something that you want to change almost um, mm, about the situation you're in. But I feel like when you, when anyone reaches that point, that period, whether it's in university or not, sometimes it might just be, you know, because you're sad. But if I feel like there should always be a point where you're sitting inside that to kind of analyse the situation you're in and be like, mm. okay, but what is the source or what is the solution? And just try and, it's easy to say in words, but get to that point of some kind of productivity. And that productivity might not be like a YouTube channel or a this or a that, but it might just be reaching out to a friend yeah, yeah. or just talking thing, to your parents yeah. about something or going home or like some, something that you don't do that kind of just, helps to change your change your mood and change your environment and change your usual routine like it, it can it can be a big help to go through that i can't lie so if you're going through that right now there's light at the end of the tunnel as well word man word it's funny like i, I know you're a music guy as well but i i always find myself getting mad when an artist like <laughs> has a good time in life <laughs> and i know i shouldn't <laughs> what like, every day talking about i'm having the best time dun, 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 dun. yeah like yeah. The best music comes from depression, man. Like those breakup albums are. This is why R and B is bad now, because R and B artists were happy, like living in money and that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not to say, but yeah, I don't know. 
I definitely feel a lot stronger having gone through the hardships I've been through. And it's nuts because, I mean, I've never really been very, like, very religious, and you know this as well. Yeah, but yeah. I always somewhat believe that things, you only go through what you can handle. Like, you're never given too much. Mm. And the more I repeat that in my head, like, you can do it, you can do it. It makes me, this makes everything so much easier. And then, of course, yeah. yeah, light at the end. And here we are today. Here we are today, man. So I was going to talk a bit about your faith, but I think it's nice. I feel like you've mentioned your year abroad a lot recently, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, a nice transition to talk about how you coped on year abroad. Like, would you recommend it? What you man, to... ha, let me tell you something. If your degree has a year abroad or a year in industry option, I Change. don't take it. Smack yourself on the head today. Just smack yourself from <laughs> me because I can't reach you. The year abroad was, I can't even say decision as if I knew it was going to be great, but it was the best option that mm. has ever, like, one of the best options that has ever landed in my lap. Ever. That's not even, that's not even an understatement. Like, ever. And it's a thing of, for my year abroad, I was even shook because when I decided to go on the year abroad, I didn't decide to go on the year abroad alone. It was meant to be, it was, I think it was originally meant to be me and two other guys, but then it became me and this one other guy. And me and this one other guy, we were like, cool, we're going to do this year abroad. We're going to live together. We can just find place later on. It's going to be so lit, so lit, so lit. And me, I was going through things <laughs> going, D, 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 I have friend going on year abroad. And then one day, literally, one of my guys says, yeah, 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 I'm not coming. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you mean you're not coming? Yeah, yeah, I'm not coming. So I literally, I was panic mode. Keep in mind, this was the time where, you know, me, me having friend, having friend was, was, was the be all and end all. And so like now being told, oh, you're going on this year abroad completely on your ones. I was, I, all of a sudden I just became shook and I was like, do I even want to go? And then I went mm-hmm. and just everything about the year abroad was just different. So like, Obviously, I've already talked about the degree aspect that, like, in my year abroad, took 10% from my degree, so I could just do 10% of my year abroad, and if second year didn't, and second year didn't go great, so second, as in terms of academics, so then third year on the year abroad, I was just able to smack out the park, especially because the university I went to, it was an international university, so most of the people there, the English wasn't their first language, so the exams were sweet, and, <laughs> and but, like, outside of academic and academic aspect like going on that year abroad and just being on my ones in a new place or two new places because I went to two places two new places on your own it just enabled me to I said it before but like just enabled me to just be free and open and just like not worried that somebody knows me and is gonna say something about me. Da, 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 da. Like I was just so, I was able to just be so ch- so chill and so relaxed with my personality as a whole, mm. and it just allowed me to just like look at myself and be like, "Raw, I like this. Like I, I like I like this person I'm becoming. Why was I like that before?" And obviously. I, I was out there, I made mistakes, I did, I did things I'm not proud of, da, 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 but by the end of the year, I ended that year abroad in one of the best mental states 
like I've been in in my life. Um, and yeah, man, honestly, like just going through that year abroad and just being able to evaluate everything I thought about myself, I thought about my life, I thought about situations and just one by one be like, okay, cool. X that box, tick that box, X that box, tick that box. Dude, uh, it was just, it was just different, man. And obviously new cultures, new places. It was basically a year long holiday. I can't even lie. I had fun. <laughs> it, was, it, was lit. Like, it was very fun. Like it was just chilling, relaxing, enjoying, going places. It was, it was, it was a great experience. Um, and then also, the last bit was like obviously because it's a year abroad, I've more, I had more free time and stuff. Jordan mentioned it before, but like I was doing stuff for strength from within within that year, and so because I was on that year abroad, like and classes weren't that deep and I had better time, like I could spend a lot of my time trying to get this project that I had thought of that I knew if I had just gone straight into final year in Bristol would not have would not happen or would not happen in anywhere near the same way. I could just get it, I could just think about it and try and get it off the ground in some way and see what works and see what could be done in that year abroad. Like that was a sweet period of just trying to develop anything and everything that my mind had thought about before that I couldn't do. And yeah man, it was it was sweet. It was definitely sweet. Mm. Why didn't you do one, man? Because my course is four years. I didn't want to be here for five. But now I'm here for six, so maybe I should. Best. (laughs) (laughs) I can't lie, like, because I've never really understood the point of holidays or traveling or any of that stuff. Like, in my head, yeah, there are slight differences in cultures, but people all generally do the same thing. Like, you wake up, you have breakfast, go to work, and stuff like that. I think... When I went to Singapore in the summer, for the first, like, three days, I'm like, damn, like, world's actually different out here. Things are actually, like, different. Yeah. And yeah. that th- the first experience for me was initially, like, insane, just realising that there are ways of doing things that, like, maybe London's not quite as good here, or maybe it's better here, or yeah. people are happier because yeah. of this, that, and the other. Yeah. And then by day four, it's kind of like, yeah, it's different, but it's also the same. Like, nothing, things have changed, but it's not different, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I still want to, I think the main hindrance, to be fair, for me was that I was poor. <laughs> yeah. Having to budget for holidays is different to, to a year abroad, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. It'll be cool to spend a year or, or longer, ideally, just like somewhere else, doing my own thing, meeting new people, trying new things. But yeah, not with you. Side note, side note on the affordability as, oh, oh, do you know what's so, do you know what's so annoying? I was cool. about to say, side note on the affordability aspect, if you're going to Europe, you can get Erasmus. Then I remembered Brexit's happening. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> then I remember Brexit's happening. <laughs> well, typically, if you go to a country, even outside of Erasmus, um, if you're going like anywhere in the world, your university might be able to offer you a bursary. Because I know a friend that went to America and mm. then the university helped him out and like he got I think his flights were paid for by the uni, or most of his flights were paid for by the uni, and nice. maybe he got some other other money as well. But like, Defro, Defro, still look into it, even if you think not not you, Jordan, but like anyone that's listening, even if In you general, think there's yeah. like financial financial strain, like you never know what bursaries and stuff like that your uni might offer, and it could still be a good a good um, option. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Surely that's got to be. Like, you can't just ask for money to go on holiday. It's got to be, like, a, a leadership program or something. Or 
So for like, Bristol, for Bristol, for me, it was just a year of study. But mm. then they obviously do like the go to China for a summer holiday to to teach or go to China for summer holiday for an internship or go to San Francisco for a mentorship program. Yeah, um, yeah. And then some of those things are paid for in different ways. Like, definitely, I think it's definitely a uni by uni perspective, but there are options. Definitely options. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because this summer I was supposed to go to Madrid. I don't know if I even told you because I was waiting for it to be confirmed. Oh, no, you didn't tell me. Yeah, like, it's this thing called a like, common purpose, but, like, I think two years ago was Chicago. Last year was India. You probably... Like guys went both years, yeah, yeah. and then I thought, let me apply, see what happens. Because the uni, because I'm obviously a bursary uh, student, they funded the accommodation in the program, and then I get 220 pounds surplus for like flights. So it's yeah. basically a free holiday to Madrid. Nice. And obviously, obviously this year we had, um, <laughs> ah! we had um, an illness, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nightmare. But yeah, it's nuts. Like, I didn't even realise how much um, international opportunities the university offers. And obviously, Bristol's a big uni, so it's different elsewhere. But, like, they have Go China, Go Berlin. They had, obviously, the Madrid yeah. one that I was supposed to go on. Like, it's nuts how... The uni are really quiet about these sort these the good things. <laughs> That's the thing. That's but they always email you about Bristol. Like, like, I remember this. I remember this. Um, I remember the first year abroad meeting. It was in, like, a lecture hall. I'm telling you. There were not up to 30 people in that lecture hall. And when I say 30, 30, even if, if call it 50 people in that lecture hall, and it was nowhere mm. near that, on a degree that has maybe 1K plus students, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah, mad. It was, it is so underpublicized. And it's annoying because I think if more students knew about these kind of opportunities, they'd jump on them. But. I like the I like the way that they can be paid for and stuff like that. Like most students would definitely jump on them, but it's a shame. Mm, it's annoying. And like in engineering, they don't talk about it at all because I think one of my lecturers said in my first year, in my first first year, I should say, <laughs> they yeah. said like the level of engineering teaching in Europe is not as good as in the UK, so they don't yeah. really recommend it. And I kind of just took that at face value, be like, "Yep, okay, Europe's bad. I'm not doing that." But now I'm looking back and I'm thinking I really could have. <laughs> learn a lot more than just engineering out there yeah uh, oh well, well we move man lesson learned man because still go for holiday <laughs> <laughs> maybe not this summer maybe 2021 2021 <laughs> um all right before we talk about sfw i want to chat about your faith because i know um like god was the main <laughs> god was always there for you and we weren't so i want to <laughs> talk about like I feel like, because for me, I'm not really religious, as obviously I said before as well. Yeah. But I always, I kind of envy you guys sometimes because you never really feel truly alone. Like, you always feel like there's someone there to support you. And in some way or another, that kind of offers a separate support system in terms of like going to church or just praying when you need to or reading the Bible, which is something that I can't necessarily relate to. Like, how has that been for you, like going through uni as a Christian or... Has, I mean, I know, obviously I know that church has been quite good for you. You've had like people going to church frequently, like E5 and that. But yeah, how has that transition been from, you know, going with family to obviously going by your own for a bit and then me and other Christians at uni? Man, that has been a journey the past four years. All right. So context, secondary school, um, faith wasn't really discussed. If you discussed faith, you were discussing Judaism because... 90% of the students, okay, 70% of the students in my in my secondary school were Jewish. And, and the only way we knew that is because 
when the Jewish holiday was happening, most of the guys weren't around. Um, <laughs> but like, literally, it's like literally faith was not discussed. And then I've been obviously Christian from birth, Christian household, everything. And there have been certain aspects to my faith that I, um, I guess, have always tried to hold tightly to. Like to the point where I would, uh, it's not really relevant, but like Christian, I was like in a Christian primary school and then secondary school onwards, which was not Christian at all. So like it, I went from my faith being by school to then almost no one around me openly discussing their faith in any way, shape or form. And if they discussed their faith, it wasn't mine. So like mm. throughout secondary school, there was definitely that kind of, I don't want to say isolation, but I, isolation in terms of faith, like faith was, faith was at home and school was school. And so when it was now like time to pick through churches and things like that, like as in when I was in, when I was still in secondary school, I kind of just went with obviously family goes to this church, cool. Family also goes to this church, cool. Pick two to two based on my current situation. I won't go into that, all that kind of stuff too deeply, but that was it. It was it was at home. And then I go to secondary school, sorry, then I go to university, meet some people from ACS and literally <laughs> I remember somebody must have just been like, Oh yeah, you go to church on Sunday. And obviously that's not that's like a special yeah, yeah, I am going to church on Sunday. But imagine going from nev- almost never talking about your faith to somebody you're friends with just asking you, you go to church or something. I was like, wait, hold on. Like in my head, it was like, a, oh, wait, hold on. Faith is an openly discussed thing here. Like I could just be calm. That's lit. And so like <laughs> it, it then enabled my faith to change in a way that was like, this is now. And I, I almost regret the fact that it, it, it took coming to university for that to be the case but it almost allowed it to become to the point where this is now you know open 24-7 not that it wasn't before but now it's like over anytime I, I want it or need it to be over but there was still definitely that level of um, uh, infancy in my faith that came from the fact that obviously faith was just an out-home thing and, and like I didn't understand certain aspects of my faith at all so now coming to university and there were people that left, right, and center. They were strong in Christianity, strong in Christianity, strong in their faith, strong in their faith. Mm. It was, it was. I think for some, for some people, and for me, somewhat, it was intimidating. But then, in another way, it was almost aspirational. Like, oh my gosh, like God, that God that I've known, but it almost just been, you know, God has given me rules, and I have to just obey the rules, and that's it. These people that I see around me have such a deep you know, emotional connection with God and, you know, discuss it so openly. Like, I want to reach that stage. I want to reach that stage. I want to reach that stage. But then obviously still first year, second year, oh, university. (laughs) You know, I knew like, oh, like it, it wasn't, I wasn't behaving that way, the way that I should have been. Although, you know, certain areas I was trying to, I just, I just wasn't. Um, so then, like, that, but that was kind of like a journey of, okay, cool. Like, like literally, I'll go to church, everybody will be there, you know, dinner thing, dinner thing, dinner thing. And I, was, and I in Bristol, go to, have been going to, or have gone to a church that was, like, very, you know, when it's time to sing, everybody comes up, praising God, praising God, that's you and God time. And me, I'm looking at, I was looking around like, I don't want no one to see me. 
I don't want nobody to see me with my hand raised, please. Like I was very, <laughs> I was still, I, I was, I was at a level of empathy that I did not realize I was at, and, and I had like a level of caring so much about other people and not just caring about me and God that I didn't um, realize I had. So then, now comes year abroad time, and um, like I said, year abroad was really a time for me to just like not care about anybody else around me, just just. Be just like be me and be me basically. Um, that was really a point, a time where my faith grew, and it grew because coming to university allowed me to reach the point where my faith was an open discussion field. But then going on the year abroad allowed me to be like, okay, cool. Now that my faith is so open, so real, so prevalent, I know that God is the be all and end all for me. What, how, how then do I respond to that from a personal perspective when no one is around? And again, like I said, I've, I've, I've made mistakes on, on, that, on that part as well. But I ended the year being in a much stronger place in my faith, especially because I was on my own in the year abroad. Like that was really a cool. How am I was? <laughs> I believe God brought me here. Please, Lord, tell me. What you want? Like, what like <laughs> so I think that was really a time where I, I my faith, like that was the, the 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 turning point I think for me and my faith, where it was like a this is a this is a faith where where I will openly express it, but now this is my personal journey and walk. This isn't just religion for me. This is faith walk journey for me. And then now coming back to Bristol in fourth year, I was almost on. I almost kind of transitioned to the other side of the coin where previously it was like, you know, I was one of the guys where, you know, my faith is real. I know God is real, but I'm not going to be open about it because it's not cool to mm. now be on the other side of look. You people ain't cool. You people don't even know what you're missing. God's been here for me. I don't care. Who knows it? I'm going to bring God into any conversation if it comes naturally because that's my truth and it, and it is what it is like I the, conf, the confidence I think shifted and it was because my relationship with God shifted as well and um, again I've been paraphrasing heavily but there have been times that I've gone through not only in university but even prior to university that have that I wouldn't like you would hear them and you'd be like wait what that like completely firm firm faith for me as a whole that was like yeah there's no way God does not exist in, in this X, Y, and Z situation. So now, like, fourth year, I became a lot more confident in that, I think. And then in terms of, like, the things I would do, the conversations I would have with people, the way I would conduct myself, it was another aspect of just not caring what other people think about me because ultimately I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And I know, you know, who, who I, who's, who's um, approval I care about. And it's not the small, small people around me that don't decide anything for my life. Um, mm. so I think that was like a huge transition for me between second year, third year, fourth year and like, <laughs> the year of wood is always the catalyst in all these conversations but I think that was <laughs> how my faith shifted and then coming to fourth year it was lit because I was strong in my faith, entered Bristol strong in my faith and then I was seeing other people like get stronger in their faith while I was sitting doing my own thing everybody else was sitting there doing their thing and getting strong in their faith as well and then in fourth year as well, because I was strong in my faith and I came back, obviously, 
being more me, having like realized who my friends were and who my friends weren't. The people I was hang- I started hanging out with in fourth year were not the people I was hanging out with in second or first year. And that's mm-hmm. not because there was anything wrong with those guys in second or first year, but there was something wrong with me and the way I was conducting myself around them. And so now being in fourth year, like with my faith strong and everything, the people that were around me that I chose to hang around with for the most part were people that I met through church or through youth group or through on the youth group, through student group or through another Christian friend that this, this, that, and the other. Like, like the four guys, four, there are four guys right now that I like literally, I call these guys my brothers. And these four guys, and we do like this weekly thing where we just check up on each other from a faith perspective and a personal perspective and just discuss our issues and the way these guys have been there for me this year <laughs> it's been different but Mad. it's like the reason why those those friendships were able to develop and were able to get stronger was because that that aspect of my faith like became so much stronger and, and was able to grow that now my my how can I say my reason for being and my reason for interacting with different people shifted in a much more positive aspect. And I was able then to realise that just constantly, man. So I think that was it for me. Like, university made faith more real, but then there was still that personal journey I had to go on to reach the point where I'm like, ha, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I don't <laughs> care what anyone thinks. This tin is true. And mm. y'all, yeah, calm. Like, so now, like, Obviously, after all these years, when they look at strength from within, strength from within started off. I can't lie, strength from within started off being a very, very personal, me, me, me kind of thing. But now, strength from within, when I look at it, I think this is a way in which I want to serve God and I'd like to choose to serve God in this. Like, when I look at my friends around me, for the most part, my friends around me are like people, obviously, like I said, that have that commonality of cool, our lives, our, our, our day by days are very much in a biblical worldview kind of perspective and yeah man I think it's just shifted a lot in terms of my um the way I conduct myself on a day-to-day perspective which has been great it's been a great journey in university but it came through a number of challenges and experiences some of which I will I I'm not happy that I went through but and I did but we you know you learn from your mistakes Mm, for sure that's nuts, I guess. I don't really realise how much of a, I suppose, a journey of self it was, as opposed to purely, like, you know, I read this chapter and I learned this. It's like, a lot of it is, I mean, a lot of it is to do with scripture and, of course, your relationship with God as well. But yeah. I didn't really appreciate how much of it is all down to you as well and your own journey and how you discover these elements of your faith within yourself that you didn't even know you had before. Mm. So it's it weird to hit, like, and we talk all the time, but I didn't really appreciate how how long the journey was and how many different phases of of like your faith you went through guys phases phases from there were different phases in secondary school different phases before secondary school different phases even till today me now and me a few months ago are very different like mm. different different phases this is like the, the thing with, especially with um I, I think like how can I phrase it correctly? Especially with Christianity, and I think maybe one or two other religions as well, but especially Christianity, I think the thing that separates Christianity is it, Christianity is not a set of rules, and that's it. Christianity yeah. is 
a, a huge journey. And that journey is a journey based on a relationship of love. Not only love, like not only love between you and your, you know, family, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ, all that, but a journey between you and your father, basically. Like that, that just means that I don't want to say like, like, mis- like you make mistakes, but you're not, you're not out because you made mistakes. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just a really, <laughs> it's a great journey and it's a growth period. And I think also with Christianity, like I said, it's not about a set of rules, but the thing that for me has been so, so, so mad almost in, in my faith journey is like, obviously there are certain things with Christianity that are cool to do and you just should not do. But not all the time, but a lot of the time, when I've looked at the things that I've done and been like, cool, cut that out, cut that out, cut that out. Obviously, a huge part of it is a genuine reverence and fear of God, but <laughs> a lot of the time in the past year, it's also been like, oh, no, nah, I love God. It's done so much for me. Like, he wants me to give up this, get out of here, this aspect of my life. Like, <laughs> this aspect of my life, get out of here. Like, this aspect isn't needed. That's not needed. That's cool. You want you want me to give out that? Because that's gone. That's gone. Like, it's it's a lot more of like a, you do these things from your heart as opposed to you do these things because they're written down and, and you have to do them. Like, I think that's been one thing that I've discovered over time about Christianity that has definitely, like, separate, separated it as a religion for me, I think. Mm. As well. And that's, that's kind a- of, Yeah. That's a crazy realization. Like I've always low-key seen. I think this is the, the main reason why I haven't read into scripture as much as I think I should have. But it's like I always see some elements of, or of most faiths, to be fair, as some form of. I want to say black, not blackmail, but it's almost like, oh, you either do this or eternal suffering. And I've always seen it as like it's not really a choice here. But then, the way you explain it just then is kind of like you're doing it out of love as opposed to not wanting to suffer forever. And you know what I think a lot of people like in faith, like older people, mm. I don't want to say they fail, but there's definitely like a shortcoming in the way faith is taught. Like old. If you were taught <laughs> from young that and I think I don't and I don't know if that's like a generational thing or a way people have experienced and have understood their faith, or like and there's one thing, one aspect of Christianity that is like or not even Christianity, faith in ge- like different faiths in general, where like people will just say blanket statements like, oh, God loves you or something like that. And they will just mm. expect you to just completely dip what they've just said into your heart and then that's it. But I think because, especially on the, you do these things or eternal suffering type thing, yeah, people don't discuss their journeys and their love relationships in their faith. Like, the way that they like enough basically and with enough like vulnerability because i feel like if people did that more if i'd known from okay i can't lie i need i needed to go through the journey i went through but a part of me thinks if i had known this this and this from day one that like bro god loves me this 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 like bro i would have i might have been a bit different <laughs> like i might have conducted a bit differently but Man, I feel like, yeah, man, it's just, it's just, it's just a flaw that, not, not of faith, but of people that claim to be so, like, that claim to be in a faith that they don't, like, separate the, 
discipline perspective from the like love love perspective yeah man i don't know i feel like mm. that's something that we that like people as a whole just have to make sure that we look at moving forward i guess like like that's definitely something I've, I'm, I'm trying to take away on, on my faith journey just just that aspect of look if you're telling somebody about truth or whatever or telling somebody oh like this aspect that aspect whatever always try like when possible try and come at it from a love perspective and not a you must die perspective right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not it's not so black or white it's very nuanced and I feel like the experience kind of reveals that but yeah man mm. yeah because like for me growing up my mu- I remember I missed church once I must have been like 12 years old or something mum's like alright you're going to hell then I'm like what <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't, I don't agree with that. <laughs> oh man, that's the but thing yeah, with that... kids though as well. Like, cause you know, with kids, you have to tell your kids if you, if you, what's, what's, what's one like? You tell a baby if you suck your thumb, worms will grow in your stomach. Tell them if, mm. if you. What's another one? If you. Ah, oh, there's better. Like, if you if you make that face, it will stay like that or something. It will stay like that. If you, if you frown, <laughs> your face will have a frown forever. Like these kind of small, small things. And obviously, with faith, there's a truth element inside those kind of things. But it's never so. It's never so because you did this. That's it. Like mm. there's so much. There's so much. It's a journey, man. And do you know what I mean? There's so much that you, there's so much journey, there's so much else you need to know around that stuff. That, that's like, <laughs> but yeah, man, I feel like that's the thing with kids. You have to just tell the kids punishment because uh, the question is then at what level do you fully start, fully start to comprehend? Are you fully able to comprehend the, the experience aspect of it? I don't know. Yeah. Then. Yeah, man, that's a whole different podcast, man. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's a cool transition to as well, like talking about how things are taught from the older generation down to the younger generation. I remember we talked about very like briefly in <laughs> right, we'll come straight after this to talk about, talk about SFW, but we talked about it, I think it was on the first day when Woke Weekly came. And I said to you, like, I really wanted to ask, because he was talking about his leadership. Um, like a skill or a talent like is it something you can learn or something you're born with and I mentioned yeah. to you like is it something that like do we really get to choose in the black community I always thought it was more like you kind of have to be a leader in some capacity mm. and we never really talked about it at, at length at the time because obviously you're running this whole operation but yeah. cool now to to run back and talk about it in a bit more depth like I, I st- my view hasn't really changed I still feel like as black people we're kind of forced uh, to be leaders to to show up and act a certain way and to be a certain type of individual because otherwise we become a statistic, right? We become a stereotype, which is the last thing we want to be. But like, has your view on that changed order? What do you think in general? Like, are we allowed to be leaders or? That's a, that's a... It's a big one still. <laughs> it's a big one. It's a thing of like, when I look at life, I just think no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing in your life, you're going to be a leader in some way, shape, or form. And mm. if you're not, if you whether implicitly or explicitly, and if you're not, then you're probably not doing what you should be doing in your life. And there's probably consequences surrounding that, which is why you're not being a leader in that perspective. Like, because even even from the littlest sense of like, okay, cool, 
And then obviously I see now why the, the black people aspect, but even if we take away the black people aspect of it and we take a look at, um, I don't know, just, uh, uh, I'm trying to look, go for another group. Okay, cool. Let's stay on black people, but if I go for another group, I can't. I can't yeah, it'll take a while. Group. But if we look at, from a black people aspect, it's like, obviously there's no, there's no denying certain um, stereotypes that are formed about black people, especially from the UK, especially them from London. Um, that black people are that black, black people are going to face being placed on them from a very very young age, but I guess I can't really. I would say for me, if I if I extract SFW and I extract ATF and all that kind of thing, even from just a me conducting myself on a day to day perspective, because of the fact that I don't fit a number of those stereotypes, and I guess because of my family and my background, have always. Okay, most almost always have that. Um, I guess drive to quote unquote succeed. Um, mm. That's often caused not even just me to get leadership roles or whatever, but for people to look at me and see me as a certain way just because of the way I conduct myself and the way that I'm being. So my answer to that is like I feel like any any. Again, staying on black people, any black person that's, I don't want to say succeeding, but like doing something well, yeah. whether or not they realise it, is, influ- is, an inf- is probably going to be an influence to somebody else, be it somebody that's younger than them, be it somebody that's not, um, you know, taking those, the, the kind of steps that, that individual is taking, there is always going to be that level of, oh, this person's kind of... Um, Inspiring's a bit strong, but like someone, yeah. some someone to look at and 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 just feel like, oh, right, this person, you know, doing doing something wicked and 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 that kind of thing. Um, mm. And I feel like that's just because of the the way the way the UK system has, or not UK, yeah, yeah, the UK system has kind of used black people as a whole and pre us and now currently with us as well. So when people say, you know, yeah. Do you, because you're black, do you have to be a leader? I'd say from like a from like a proper proper, you know, have a position, have this, have that. No, you don't have to. You can just be you. But whether or not you like it, you're going to you're likely going to inspire somebody if you're not conforming to what people will see when they watch black people on TV, basically. Yeah, yeah, and that's just and. Um, that's, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that that's the way our society is. It's unfortunate that that realisation of, oh, I can be wicked even though I'm X, Y, or Z has to exist, but mm. it's the way it is, and, and it's about the way you navigate that, acknowledging that as an individual, I think, anyway. But yeah, what's your view on it? Yeah, for sure. Like I kind of mimic what you were saying as well, but I would word it a bit differently. I feel like just by, like, just by being black, you're kind of born into an, a world of scrutiny a world of like everything you do is judged in a certain way and it's like similar to what you were saying like if you're anyone who's like kind of successful you're automatically a role model you're automatically like let's say you're like look at Stormzy he's like the black rapper he's like the British you know the face of British rap and you're kind of like yeah. if you're an upcoming black artist it's like he's the you're kind of That's one source race. yeah yeah whereas if you're white or any other race you kind of have well not any other but I suppose Predominantly, if you're white, if you want to be like an actor, there's a whole range of you know, hundreds of different actors you can yeah. aspire to be. Mm. And it's tight because 
that scrutiny, I feel like, whether you're Stormzy or, like, you know, some random year 13 in sixth form, you still have someone looking at you in a certain way that means that, as a black person, at least in my experience, I'm not, I don't feel like I've really been allowed to make mistakes because as soon as I, like, do something wrong, it's like, oh, you're a typical black you're person. You're labelled with that, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, I guess that's a bit different to being a leader, but I guess in my, like, for me, as an older brother, it's always been like, oh, I don't want to be the dumb bro- brother. I've got to, like, set the bar for my little brothers or I've got to set the bar for uh, my cousins. Or it's always been, um, it's always been an external p- uh, push. You know, I've never really had to be in a, to form my own motivation. A lot of the time it's yeah. been extrinsic. Yeah. And having that, you know, background force pushing me forward has always been, like, you have to lead in that capacity otherwise you're you're disappointing i guess or you're not you're not doing your job if you're letting that quota down but you know what in a way i've almost i guess again i guess because i'm also probably coming at this from a very different perspective from a lot of people but i've almost been grateful for that because i've liked having that no 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 you've demonstrated your ability to be lit don't slot now kind of thing be around from the start I've, I've loved having that and I've loved having that because I've I've always been able to whilst having that in me look around and see other people that also have that in them and how they're developing so like old people that are getting older and they're progressing and that kind of thing like I've enjoyed I've really enjoyed having that pressure and but I guess that's just because of the way I've responded to the pressure I guess but again, man, it's just a matter of how what, what you make of it and what your aspirations are as an individual. But I don't feel any black person as a whole should be like, oh, I have to be, you know, the CEO because I have to show <laughs> them that black people can be CEOs. What's your own? Yeah, What's yeah, your yeah, business? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. If you're just CEO, there are other black CEOs. It's okay. Like, take that pressure off of you. But definitely I've enjoyed the... the the push the push for myself anyway mm. i get that it's funny like i used to have a lot of what's the terminology for it? i guess like survivor's bias yeah i've, I've always felt like oh like i'm the because you're always taught in school like oh, the africans that are hungry or like black soldiers blah blah, blah. you always put in a position where it's like oh people are worse off than me so me being like uh quote unquote lucky for being born here like i've got to make the most of it and having that you know that sort of guilt carrying around has been crazy to be honest but then, like, similar to what you're saying, yeah. you realise that, hold on, like, I've got this energy behind me. That's, that's going to be, you know, that's why I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I'm going to do. Not because I have to make an image for the next generation, but just because, like, this is my life. I'm going to do things uh, the way I'm going to do it based on my advantages above other people. In, in some sort of... Yeah, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. I do feel like, I, I was thinking the other day, um, about Stormzy, like a, a funny example to go back to, but I'm, I don't know if you if you uh, up to date at all of his beef with Wiley a, while, a little while back. I saw that on social media. I, I was just like, what's, yeah, what's, I didn't what, tune in. People, just, it seemed like a you you you. It seemed like a you you said that we should do this. You said that we should go and build homes in Ghana. Yeah, yeah, but that's before you were. Da, 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 da. So we're not going to build homes in Ghana. <laughs> <laughs> It just seems a bit like, guys, like, 
one of you <laughs> is a legend that was lit back in the day and still has that legendary aspect. One of you is killing the game now. Why? Why? What's the point? Why the beef? What's yeah, the yeah, yeah. So I didn't even look into it. I didn't know what started it or anything, but when I saw that, I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. I hear that. To be fair, like, I didn't look into it much either, but I remember seeing, like, a chain of tweets, like, you know how black Twitter goes, and oh, they were yeah. saying, like, how Stormzy started off talking about grime. He's a grime artist. Now he's making pop music. And he's, you know, he started off looking out for the black community, but now he's not. And mm. I was, I was like, initially I was like, oh, you know, screw Stormzy, man. He's got to look out. Hold on, isn't people. this the Stormzy that paid how much for scholarships for people or something? Yeah, exactly, what, yeah. People need to go sit down. It's nuts. But it's, it's similar, like, because people always put him in that bracket, like, you're, you know, a black grime artist, so you have to be a grime artist. You have to be there for the other black people coming up in grime. Yeah, but like yeah. similar to what we were just saying with the whole black leadership thing it's like no he doesn't he can literally do whatever the hell he wants just because he made it this way and even in my in my opinion like i don't want to go too much into that beef because i don't really care <laughs> that much for yeah, the artist. Yeah. but it's like stormy's always been unapologetically black in some way like he mentioned the scholarship he's always talked about his experience as a black man that yeah. you think would be it a not. differentiator between like he's not a bum or a sellout by any means but yeah no, i digress <laughs> yeah Man, I just feel like I just feel like no matter what you do, unfortunately, because of the way thing, oh, no matter what you do, you're always gonna have critics and people that are gonna make comments, make comments, make comments. But all you have to do is look at those people and say, "Look, I'm doing me. I've achieved X, Y, and Z." When you have this same box of accomplishments in front of you, then you can tell me, and you have done some things differently to how I did them, so we can have a conversation, you can educate, and you can help me from a point of experience. But if you're not in the same industry as me, if you're not doing what I'm doing, if you're not trying to get to where, where I am right now, or where I'm trying to get to, don't don't advise me, don't comment that you think I'm doing things wrong, because that's not your business. Like, Stormzy, Stormzy's done amazing things for the, for the, for the, for the black community, for the low-income community for everything. And I just feel like mm. it, haters are going to hate, man. It's it's long, but they're going to hate. It's like, Words. you know? Yeah, people never really know what you do behind closed doors, and, and they always exactly. look out for the negative things. Exactly. Like, exactly. I guess on that note, like people could be looking at you the same way. People could be looking out and not looking at the SFW stuff you're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's their business. <laughs> please what's their own if they want to look out and say x y and z then oh yeah listen company cic registration is right there go and fill out a form <laughs> like people that make comments and then and, and and again i'm guilty of it too everyone's guilty of it but yeah make comments, but back it up back it up don't just talk back it you know it's mm. yeah man but it is what it is. Nice. Yeah, to me, it's about context. Like, you can't have a real opinion about context. But, yeah, again, yeah. that's that's another podcast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of ruined that transition, but... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> nah, it's calm, it's calm. It's me. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. It's been it's been too long for me about food. But, <laughs> <laughs> but SFW, man, let's talk about uh, your leadership in the black community. Man. Like sure. how? I mean, you kind of talked about it already, and like in pieces. But excusing what you said so far, like how did that come about? And I guess what's next? Man, man, strength from within. 
Oh, okay. If we go back to let's go back to second year. So second year I was ACS president, I've already said, you know, that was going great. I was really being differentiated from the year before me and the president before me, which was great. Like I I saw issues in ACS that were about when I was in first year. And and I feel like everyone everyone says that and everyone does it. But I saw issues that were about in the year before me in ACS and my thing was cool. I like to problem solve, I like to help people, I get a real kick out of it. Let's go in there and try and solve these problems. And then I'll be honest with you, there was almost an egotistical side of me that was like, right, ACS is finished. I like solving people's problems. (laughs) I don't want this situation to finish. What am I going to do about it? And then obviously, but that was just almost like a side thought. Mm. I spoke about the whole procrastination thing and what would your dream job be and the fact that my answer was obviously youth mentorship and helping people like on a professional sense and I had done like um NCS I don't know if you guys know NCS for most people know NCS NCS senior mentorship like the year before and I really really loved that and I had like other um opportunities to like help people and be like different leadership positions beforehand so I kind of I would never say I knew the space because (laughs) I don't know anything now I'm still a little kid but like I I knew what my skills were and what I liked to do and what I liked to do was help people in different ways and be there for people based on where I've been. And so now coming to the end of ACS, from one thing I did with ACS was to start like, or to like formally create some kind of career initiative thing. I knew that there were certain, and then obviously from my experience being involved in other in social mobility organizations like SEO London, where recruitment, things like that. I knew that there was like a, a gap inside um, the way a lot of existing organizations and individuals were, were like conducting um, their services, I guess, to help young people. And the gap that was missing was people didn't encourage other people to be themselves, basically. People didn't encourage other people like, look, you're, you have X, Y, and Z skills. Don't listen to everybody that's telling you you have to be a lawyer or that, or that you know, bankers earn the most amount of money or doctors do X, Y, and Z. You have X, Y, and mm. Z skills. How about you actually try this career that seems almost logical for you to do and <laughs> don't care about what other people around you tell you? And I feel like that's something that, although it's risky and it doesn't, you know, exactly match today's society and what society would tell you you have to do, it was something that I felt was almost necessary. Um, so that's why, like, SSW for me was, like, was like an almost no-brainer. There was obviously that egotistical aspect of it, but I genuinely had this passion for, like, you know, based on the skills that I... In fact, there we go. I had a passion based on skills that I had. I wanted to realise it, and then it just so happened the way for me to realise it was to help other people to realise theirs as well. Boom, SSW. <laughs> and so when SSW started, it wasn't meant to be like like it was meant to be a nice organization there, but SFW was a th- was the name that I gave a three day program, like a three day yeah. program idea. I literally went on Canva at the end of my ACS year. This is how you know I was going to miss ACS. I went on the a- the Canva <laughs> I used for a- the Canva account I used for ACS, brought ACS photos to use for the poster. <laughs> I put it straight for a bit. I like wrote uh, nice. a, a brief overview of what I think. Like company credit card program to help young people should be um handed that to a friend he was like oh man are we gonna call these guys in i was like oh no we're gonna be those guys 
and he was like, man, cool, let's do it. And then from there, SFW just, just started. Um, so SFW, like I said, was meant to be a free, well, just one three-day program thing. But then over time, um, we realized different things, like, oh, it would be a good idea to go into schools, to pitch, cool. We didn't really do that many school visits last year. This year, we've done, like, three school visits? Three school visits? How many school visits have we done? Three, three four within three schools. I've had a couple mm. more plans, but obviously now there's not happening. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> the same school, so there's not happening. But, um, yeah, so then that the school visit aspect ad- was added to it. Then we realized we needed some kind of digital promotion because the three-day program was going to be a year away. Boom, then we came up with the um, idea for the YouTube series, the help with the YouTube series based on something that like I had seen another friend of mine doing like really, really well. So like, oh, cool. If we change this, 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 and it, it like actually, you know, could be effective to our crowd. Oh, this could work. And then mm-hmm. we have now the YouTube series. And just over time, different ideas and different aspects to help the organization, to help other individuals in a different way, kind of just were added and were added and were added and were changed. And now, oh my gosh, it's been two years. Whoa. Two years later. Madness. Um, now sfw like we have we've done like the first three-day development program that was really cool like using a lot of like personal personal people that i had met things like that we were able to get like people from really big companies in and stuff like that for the program we've had like like mentorship go on with young people we have two whatsapp group chats where we just like you know post opportunities on a regular basis and have done like some cv um tips and things like that and just like provide young people with help where we can um and now we've got plans for the future that are ongoing um so i think that's been like where it starts in personal development for the future i'll be honest with you if you're asking me a year ago i would have given you a straight answer the straight answer was sfw <laughs> day program gonna be, do you know what i mean sfw not just three day program but now sfw is going to be like a like a like a um vocational like school teaching like really really current skills that's it that's what we're trying to do that's where we're trying to go boom and i think what i've learned one thing i'll say over the past couple of months that i've learned is like don't be too quick to think to try and get number one don't be too quick to try and get to the end and Mm. number two don't assume understand things that you have no experience in like i'm not going to say that the plan for sfw like ha- has changed because i haven't had a discussion with my team i don't i don't know what what's, what's going to happen next but yeah, the yeah, point yeah. Is, is like i know that whatever's coming next it's going to be something that is not just added for the sake of adding it, but it's added because I know it's going to genuinely add value and it's going to help people. Because what you think will help people in your head and will help them in real life can be two completely different things. But like, I mm. think this is another place where my with the faith aspect kicks in because there have been certain aspects of SW that I've been trying to do, I've been trying to do, I've been trying to do, I've been trying to do. The ones that have worked out have been the ones that have made the most sense but weren't necessarily the ones that I wanted to do or that sounded like, I don't know, sounded whatever, but naturally bit by bit these things are just falling into place, falling into place, falling into place and when I look back I just think, wow, like this, there's only one way this happens and it's not by my strength and it's just been a great, it's been a great 
experience. But I think for now, SFW, the goal eventually is... Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't know who's been listening. Um, the goal for me for <laughs> SFW is it's going to get... Please God, it's going to get bigger and it's going to be something that I will be able to make the, the main... Is gonna make my the, like the main part of my life for me. I think I know from the past two years that the work I've been doing with SW, the way I've been able to see people develop and form these relationships and stuff like that, like this, it it just feels so natural to me. Like it feels like this is what I was called to do, and I could be completely wrong about that, but that's why what I feel right at this very second. So I think for me. The goal for SFW in the future is get it bigger, make more impact, help more people, realize what's best for people and not what's best for me, and just get to a point where this can be, you know, the be like the, the day by day service for me. Because, like I said, SFW for me is not only just about helping people, but it's also a way I serve God, and I'm loving it. But mm. that's that's where to leave it for me. But I feel like the key for me is like. And anyone, anyone that's looking to start anything, don't, don't just pursue something for the sake of it. Because if you ask anybody from that knew me back in secondary school, there was a clothing company I wanted to start, and I was like, yeah, this thing's gonna be lit. It's gonna make bare monies. I'm gonna be so famous. It was called Jezua Clothing, fam. It was, it was meant to be lit. And I look back and I'm just like, I'm so happy that didn't work out like a part of me is so happy that didn't work out and because that the reasons that I was trying to get into that were just money fame lit name ego that's it but now (laughs) bro truthfully but now with SFW like there's there's that it just feels right kind of thing Mm. and I think with whatever venture you're thinking about doing with whatever it is you're trying to pursue if it doesn't feel right don't do it or think twice about doing it because when it feels right, you'll know and you'll know that that's what you want to be doing. And I feel like that for me now, not maybe not two years ago, but definitely now, is what I see with SFW. Man. So yeah, I think that's that's me. Mm. Needed, man. I clocked. Uh, um, there's like a similar, you know, similar trend where it's like. You kind of start something, and we know where it goes, and then something else lands on your lap, and you kind of go with it. <laughs> like throughout the whole course of this podcast, that things just land and it sticks. It's interesting yeah. how, like, like for me as a person as well, I always, I always try and plan things. It's like, look, I'm going to put this video out, you know, see how it goes. I'm going to do four hours of work and see how it goes. But yeah. it's always the thing that you don't expect to work. Like, yeah, the video that I've got up that's got the most views on my YouTube channel is the one about how I failed my first year. Like, I actually recorded that and like. March but for three months I'm like nah no one really cares like who wants to hear about me failing and I eventually yeah. put it up yeah. must have been about August and then bang 6,000 views I'm like what the hell Man, like... <laughs> it's like, like 6,000 times more than my every other video I've ever done and it's like <laughs> it's nuts how at least in my experience I feel like the things that do the best or the things that I enjoy the most have never been the things that I plan even down to like days out if I plan yeah. to a cinema I was like, yeah. oh you know it's a decent day but then if I'm like, let me just go outside and play football, it ends up being the best day of summer. And that's what I remember the most. It's those, you know what? Do you, and you, know what? you know what irks me about it as well? It's a society thing. Like, honestly, anyone that's listening, 
Forget about what society tells you you should do. Forget, like, those... Guys, because it's such a society thing. The way our our capitalist economy works, it's you wake up, you're meant to make money, be as digital as you possibly can. If you don't know how Mm -hmm. to code, you're going to fail in life. Like all these little, like all these little little things are in, are like forcibly instilled in you from a young age. But especially now, when the world is shut down and everyone has to sit in their house and just evaluate their life choices, to be perfectly honest, it's really a time to just be like, well, how much of that stuff that everyone was telling you is important is actually important, and how much do you actually want to listen to now? And and you know what I mean, like, yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, if we just paid a little bit less attention to what everyone else thinks and paid more attention to what we think about ourselves. And if you're obviously, if, if you come from a faith background, what God thinks about you, then like the, the choices you would make in life would just be different. It would just be different, man. Mm. But yeah, and then tomorrow, God forbid, we're all going to get up and go back to capitalist society and, and try and make money. <sighs> Boy. Um, um, it's funny, like, I don't... I've been ranting about um, Illness 19 for time as well, but <laughs> it's funny. Man's like, calling it. Of... you don't even want to say the name. <laughs> nope. Get that out of my system. <laughs> oh, but it's not like, I've seen people on social media off a lot, to be fair, saying that, oh, I can't wait for life to get back to normal. You know, I'm missing this, that, and the other. Mm. And then I sat down and deeped it. Like, what do I actually want to rush back to? Like, I don't want to rush back to all nighters in the library. I don't want to rush back to paying bills and that like there are things that obviously you have to do in terms of capitalism there are things that you can't avoid like responsibilities your family stuff like that but there are so many things that i used to do like stay in bed for 12 hours that like i don't want to do that anymore i'd much rather do literally anything else than go back to the bum i was beforehand even though i still like i feel like i was quite productive it's like there are certain elements that i don't want to rush back to that and Mm. realizing it now is it's nuts i feel like i feel like especially with like obviously now is an unprecedented time where we're going to be able to do this. But then obviously for anyone listening to this, even when you go to university, even when you're in first year and second year, like that's even the time where I guess for some people more than others, based on your maturity and where you are in your life, you're going to be able to see those kind of choices differently. And like, mm-hmm. like what what matters to me? What doesn't matter to me? What, how am I going to focus on what matters to me? Da, da, da. Man, university is going to be a time where people do that because it has been for me, and I know John that has been for you as well, man. But yeah, man, oh, it's crazy. It's funny, like I clocked this morning as well. Um, going back to illness nineteen, <laughs> like, I mean, I've never really been the type of person to be fair, but I definitely was more like it in the early days, and I feel like a lot of people are still like this now. Mm. Where it's like, oh, I can't wait to start my business, but I haven't got any time. I can't wait to start a podcast but i haven't got the resources and now it's like people have so much time and all there is you know all the money that they could have spent on like going out clubbing or whatever they can save now in this period yeah and it's not so people who suddenly have the time and the resources just aren't doing anything with it because it turns out what well, they never they never really lacked time or resources it's the discipline they never had and like mm, deeping out mm. yeah like discipline all that intrinsic motivation discipline is such a big like a massive thing that i'm not going to go into in depth now obviously but it's yeah. like Coming to terms with that in this period has been immense. Yeah, man, definitely. I feel like for me, um, I, there's been obviously personal, there's been personal things that I'm not going to go into that I've been going through over this period that like 
have limited my ability to do certain things. But when mm. now now being at a point where I think my mind is a lot more um, stronger than it was a couple of weeks ago, definitely like there are certain things where I just I just get excited to work on this and excited to do this and interested to think about this. Like definitely. I don't know, man. I feel like this isolation period is definitely a time where we as individuals get to see our true colours and then other people get to see, and we get to see the true colours of other people. Like, so you mm. that talking a big game, talking a big game, where's your game? Where's your game now? And then even Old. us as individuals, you look in the mirror and you're like, raw, where's my game? And it's just like, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's good it's good hold a mirror up to your face i love it uh, time to just hold that mirror up and, and realize certain things about you mm, i said like at the start of the period i was like if i come out of you know this lockdown without learning a new skill or without you know doing xyz i'm gonna hate myself yeah. <laughs> it's like I can't imagine looking at the mirror literally in like three months time or whatever being like, oh, I'm a bum, man. <laughs> Where's my game? <laughs> oh, dear. Mad, mad, mad. Um, it's been a whole hour and a half, you know? Hour 41, that's so mad. All right, to see this out, I feel like this is a nice way to, to end it. Um, it's funny, I was talking to my boy the other day, actually. He's a... Uh, graduating this year as well he's at Cambridge and we were talking for a little while he was saying how hopefully he'll be set he'll be episode two to be fair that'll be interesting to talk about in more depth but to summarize he was saying that he didn't feel like he did anything like yeah you leave school you know this certain type of guy you go into Cambridge yay everyone claps for you and then for the next four years you're kind of just working and then you come out with either a job or no job we haven't really done much else and because obviously I'm not graduating I haven't really thought about the big picture yet but for you, who's, you know, you've got dissertation left and that's kind of it. How do you look back at your time at university? Like, do you think it was worth it? Or, because I've I got so many friends that did apprenticeships and they're doing that like, so well now. And I'm kind of like, I don't regret doing uni by any means, but it's like, damn, there actually are different options out there. Like, have you deeped that yet <laughs> in terms of where you are now? That's the thing. So like, even obviously with Strength From Within, that's part of the thing that we're doing, like helping people that are, in fact, there's been one guy that I can think of in particular that's literally going through that choice of, oh, do I go to uni? Do I go to the friendship? Um, I feel like for me as personally, as an individual, like looking after the past four years, it's just made me realise that no two people are the same. Everyone mm. is different. And the rate at which you're going to learn something, the experiences that you need, like it, it, you're, there's no two people that are the same. So I feel like for me, when I look back at my time at university, I think, so basically, the context, university, university of Bristol was not my first choice, nor was it my, nor was it my backup. My first was UCL, my backup was Durham, and through, through a series of events, I ended up going to University of Bristol. But I just look back and I think, rah, if I did not come to, and I came to Bristol by, like, I called Bristol, Bristol said there was no places. My sister stub was stubborn i said no i'm gonna call bristol she called bristol they said there was a place she called me said call them i said no i said i don't really want to call them 
but there's something in me just like, okay, fine, I'll call them. And then there was a place. Like, it was, Bristol was not the plan, but I look back and I just think, <laughs> if I did not come to Bristol, granted, Bristol has given me fire like I've never had it, but the strength that I've been able to build and the experience I've been able to have and the people I've been able to meet, I, I, I just think, you know, for the most part, Bristol and these the way things have gone was the way it was meant to be for me personally. Obviously, mm. there have been mistakes I've made along the way, but I look back and I think, yeah, although there were points where I hated that city and I hated being at university, yep. I cannot look back over the past four years and not say I've not come out stronger as a person. I can't do it. I can't do it. Because, like, the experience of how the people I've met, the, the things I've been through, it, it shaped me and it's moulded me and it's making, made me different. And I feel like for, for different people, that's going to be different. But an apprenticeship for me, nah. I'm definitely someone that I needed that university personal, personal, person aspect. Because, like, mm. I, I don't think... Independence. Number one, yeah, absolutely. But then also, like, that time just grow because I was not mature enough to go straight into an apprenticeship. I feel, feel like if you're going into an apprenticeship, maybe I'm wrong, but for me, there needs to be a certain maturity aspect to it. Like you need to actually be ready to go into work. Even after three years of a degree, I wasn't ready to go into work for my degree abroad. Um, mm. So I feel like for the apprenticeship aspect, there needs to like, that was not it for me, but it definitely is it and can be it for other people, just depending on where your head is. But, yeah, man. I I look at I look at guys that are doing apprenticeships and have done apprenticeships, and I just oh, sorry, I think about apprenticeships. I just think you guys, man, the 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 way you're able to just look at university and be like, yeah, society tells me university, but that's not it for me. Cool. That's that's like a level of strength and maturity that I almost like. I find I, I don't want to say inspirational, but for the most part, yeah, like it's actually very very wicked but then going to university even in university if you choose university is for you it's not just university and that's it university like you said John the guy you said your friend went to Cambridge and he didn't feel like he um like did anything university yeah, yeah. Make a bit. and obviously I had that that UCL chip on my shoulder coming in from the get-go I was like uh, no I'm lit I need to be lit in this university and so <laughs> and I feel like so when you go to a certain university that might not be on you that much depending on the type of person you are you might handle that differently and all that kind of thing i know guys that go to cambridge that are doing bits i know guys that have been to bristol that did nothing and but i just feel like the experience that you have in university is definitely what you make of it and if you make of it the right things it can be a changing experience look at see me one of our guys um came mr rice and spice mr rice and spice came to university of bristol Ended University of Bristol. My guy has a grad job at Google and has started a, a business. And when I say a business, I don't mean a project he does at home. I mean, this guy fully has employees that he pays and yep. is running and is making money and has him, like, is doing bits. Like, university. mum of him. Fam, this degree, this <laughs> university time, it's what you make of it. And if you go in... And just like you, I won't say go in with the right mindset because I didn't go in with the right mindset, but well, for the most part. But if you go in and you make make the most of it, it can change you as a person and change your life differently. But 
it's up to you. What do you want to do? You know? Yeah, definitely. Mm. The same, like, I mean, Bristol was basically my first choice. But when I was applying, I was like, you know, I'm the smartest guy in the world. I'm applying for Oxford. I'm going to get in. I don't, I don't need yeah. other options. <laughs> but in my head of years, like, you know what? Just, you know, you're not paying any extra to put down four more choices to do it. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do Bristol. I'll do Bath. Like, put just all the other top units of engineering. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. obviously, story goes that I didn't get into Oxford. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll put Bristol as my first offer. Uh, my firm, yeah, my firm was Bristol. My insurance, because all of my <laughs> options were like A star, A star, A. So I couldn't even afford to not get that. But then yeah, yeah. I, I kind of came into, to be fair, like having failed first year was, in my opinion, that's when I really started uni. Like my first two years were kind of transitional periods almost where I was always, I was almost like, I still thought I was crazy smart and I could afford to not work until the deadline day. And obviously I didn't work out. Yeah. It's yes. like now I've got a different perspective of uni where it's more like the degree is one thing and then the experience is separate. I very much yeah. put the two in different ballparks because my degree is like you know engineering is one thing i've you know study hand and core circle or whatever but when it comes to like talking to people and meeting friends and starting businesses or whatever that mm. whole experience of being independent cooking that's so much like that's a degree in itself in my opinion learning to cook was like, the hardest thing <laughs> like coming to university the degree is what you leave with and and the degree is is what you know is gonna get you job whatever all that kind of thing so the degree is so key but you do mm. not come to university just for that degree. That degree in terms of your experience over the four years is so minuscule. University is like, come and learn how to be a person. Like, come and learn how to navigate. Come and learn who you are. Come and learn how to go through difficult times. Come and learn, come and learn mental health. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, like, real, Facts. Um, and it's I, I don't know man I feel like again with the whole way people pitch university at sixth form level I didn't know that that was true with university I didn't know I just said okay cool apprenticeship I'm not ready to work I don't know what industry I want to work in cool university that's it but I did mm. not realize university was going to shape me and change me like the way the way in which it has but yeah man I feel I... like that's definitely something that young people need to know man because it's it's different it's different Mm. it's funny like it's funny you say that as well because for me i originally didn't even do engineering i applied for maths and physics because mm. i was like i mean a bit of contest like my gcse's for example i didn't really care about anything <laughs> other than i don't know if your school did it but we had the math challenge like, <laughs> did you have that yeah, as well yeah. come yeah, on olympiad is Olympiad. yeah yeah, yeah. great kangaroo yeah. and that like that's literally i mean i enjoyed school in terms of their overall experience like hanging with friends and stuff like that but i didn't really care for history or english or the skills I learned, those were kind of just afterthoughts when I was coming to school. The only yeah. academic thing that I really enjoyed would be physics in terms of how it applies in real life and then the math challenge. Because that was when I could really flex on my mates and be like, oh, look, I got a gold. What did you get? And that was, <laughs> <laughs> that competition kind of brought out the best in me. So mm. I followed that through into sixth form. I did math, physics, third maths, chemistry. And then come year 13, I'm like, you know what? I, want to, I don't really know what I want. All I've ever cared about was, you know, math challenge and playing football after school. So I ended up applying for maths and physics at Oxford. And then the other ones, I didn't even... Actually, no, I did maths and physics everywhere else apart from Bristol. I did engineering maths, which is obviously what I'm doing now. Yeah. And yeah. then Oxford, at first, they said, like, are you sure you want to... Do... Actually, no, that's not even true. I applied for physics at Bristol. And then they changed me afterwards. But then Oxford are like, your, your application is a lot more suited to engineering. Are you sure you want to do maths and physics? I'm like, yeah, man. 
that's all I've ever known, maths and physics, maths and physics. And then I got there, obviously failed the interview. And then within about a week, Bristol said, you know, we read your application. We don't really think you're suited for physics, so we're putting you on Eng Math instead. Well, they gave me a choice and I picked Eng Maths. Mm. And it's like, even coming down to the smallest part of applying to uni, like what you're actually applying for, I didn't you know. Don't know. <laughs> I got, don't know. Like, I didn't know anything about unis. I, I went to a few open days, but even they weren't too insightful. But the people that, nah. at least in my experience, all the history students or the ones that have the most free time, they're like, oh, yeah, we go out. We, you know, we do this. We do a lot of reading at home, but otherwise it's, you know, free time. And then engineering, it's like, boom, for 40 hours in the lab. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so hard to find information for one thing. And then even when you do find it, it's not always reliable, at least in my experience. That's definitely and it's nuts how there's so much to learn. And I feel like SFW is a great thing because having attended your three-year program last year, you talked a lot about, well, most, I mean, most people working for you or volunteering, as I say, are other students that can talk about their own experience and correlate that to the students going through the program. Mm. But outside of that, I don't think there's enough, um, you know, student-to-student uh initiatives as i say to kind of bridge that gap between what you should know and what you actually know you'd be surprised but about out there it's just that they're all so all of us are so small and so focused and we all have university degrees <laughs> no one's just doing it like that but i feel like that's why any student that's like pre-uni or just in uni talk to all the students find them on university society social media um, pages find them in family find them in friends brothers friends whatever find someone and ask them questions find someone and ask them questions because networking man there's networking. so much oh i hate that word but there's so <laughs> much that like to know about uni and about like just just the way think the options the number of options that people have for the future that like it can change your view on what you want to do in your life just knowing one piece of information honestly it can change everything for you but ah people just tell you get degree so you can get job finish okay cool uni it's mad it's mad so i guess like all of that I know we kind of spiraled around <laughs> in depth anyway, but <laughs> in a in a nutshell, I mean, I, I feel like I already know the answer. You kind of explained it, but has uni been worth it? 100%. 100%. Oh, it actually hurts that that's the answer, but it is the answer. <laughs> it honestly yeah, I was hoping hurts. for a controversial one, man. I was hoping you say, nah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right. It's been worth it, but I didn't need to go through the stress I went through in a lot, in a lot of areas. But it, although I didn't need to go through the stress I went through a number of areas, it revealed areas of my life where I needed to change things and improve. So yeah, definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Needed. Right, man. Not, it's definitely worth it for me, but it's not. It's not it for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's different for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. I I read a tweet. I think it was earlier today, maybe yesterday. It was like your struggles of today are your the struggles you go through today give you the strength you need for tomorrow. And I think that's a nice, nice bombshell to end on. <laughs> or what's it, I can phrase it saying the strength, no, the problems you go through today helps unleash your strength from within for tomorrow. Yeah, so! <laughs> <laughs> I guess SFW London, no, sorry, at SFW London, find that. 
I love it. I love it. today by our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, mad, mad, mad. It's been good, man. It's been great, man. Thanks for having me.